welcome to episode eight of Five Dollar Tuesdays. Uh, this week we are going to be doing an Inception review and talking about our top three movies that we would like to see re-released in theaters. Skylar, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Uh, were we supposed to review Inception this week? That was my thought. I'm uh, <laughs> just kidding. We, we, we've got a little bit of a question of rest versus rust because we, uh, we, we took a week off, you know, when when you when you get seven episodes in, you 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 wake up and you feel it the next day. Just the joints are aching. You 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 start to wonder is is now the time to hang it up? But after a week of rest and relaxation, I think we're ready to go. Yeah, we were gonna take off longer, but the money was the money is so it's worth only taking one week instead of two. Right, you you start to get accustomed to a certain way of living. And I mean, literally dozen of listeners uh, were, were clamoring. Where is that new episode? So had, had to get back in the saddle and uh, get, give the people what they wanted. That's right. With, with a week off, I actually have a couple corrections that, that, that we okay. need to come in with. Uh, first off, Something that I thought about addressing in episode two uh, after listening back, but I have a stutter when I talk, especially when I know that it's like recorded. And normally it's not like- How dare you? Normally it's just kind of like something that's in the, in the normal course of, uh, of conversation. But last episode, it was very pronounced to the point where I felt like I needed to say something this episode. Uh, so we'll, we'll obviously try to keep that in check. But if, uh, if, if I sound like I'm having trouble starting up on some of my thoughts, just know that it's not, not totally artful. Um, we need to get a speech pathologist on hand for both of us. Like, uh, like uh, what's his face? When when Will Ferrell was on The Office and Michael's trying to do the King's speech, but just an insane delusion of it, where like he's sitting on Will Ferrell's chest and he's just got music blaring, me moo me moo me mo, louder, louder. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, again, that just just another reason that we need to make sure that these checks kept clearing because yep, one of these days, you know. 13 cents at a time we're gonna we're, we're gonna get there and we're gonna have just the the picture of perfect speech uh but moving right along so i i don't know what i called her but my wife was offended that when i talked about boy meets world i called her something other than topanga matthews and how could i forget oh. duh yeah it's Corey. Wait, what matthews, did you call her so of course it's what's that what did you I, call her? I don't know. I, I mean, like, I obviously called her Topanga, but I gave her the wrong surname. So, oh, I see. <laughs> you know, Corey and Patricia Matthews, they're, they're a great couple on Boy Meets World. <laughs> I think we even talked about how unique her name is. And I'm yeah. like, I'm pretty sure you called her Topanga, but okay, that makes sense. I, 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 can, I can keep rattling them off, but I, if, if there are any corrections that you need to get in, feel free to, feel free to yeah, jump in. I, I did think of one. Um, okay. Well, I didn't think of it. Someone, someone reminded me of this. Uh, 
So we had someone recently listen to episode two, the Pirates of the Caribbean episode. All right. And they corrected, uh, I guess in the episode, um, there's an abbreviation of like CMDR. And I, I, maybe, did we make this correction already? I I don't know if we did. Uh, Maybe maybe in a previous episode, but. What is CMDR? So CMDR we thought was Commodore, but it's actually oh. Commander. Even better. Yeah. So Commander Norrington. Or no, he was Commodore Norrington. He, so, he is so, Commodore. Someone else was a Commander. Yes. I, I don't okay. know who it was or... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know what, what, where Commander came up, but that is the actual word, so... All right. I mean, it, it, was, it was six episodes ago, but it might as well have been a lifetime. Like, I, I, I feel like we're accessing a really deep memory... Uh, but yeah. actually, so speak, speaking of, we in a previous episode talked about uh, really, really long movies and the idea of going to a midnight release for a really, really long movie. And I talked about the time that my dad went with some friends to go see Fellowship of the Ring, uh, mm. you know, stayed up for the midnight premiere, conked out and, and then went home. I reminded him of that story and he actually had a correction for me. So he, he saw the movie and then a couple weeks later he took me to see it. And about an hour in, he was like, what is going, like, I don't remember any of this. And he realized that like without even noticing, he fell asleep for like 90 minutes of the movie, but because (laughs) it was so long, it just picked right back up and he didn't think that he had missed anything. That's some brilliant directing on the part of Peter Jackson. <laughs> you can you can go to sleep at any time and catch right back up. <laughs> wow, I I I thought that I wouldn't know where I am, but yeah, <laughs> I'm right on track. They they are still very much fellowshipping this ring. <laughs> um, a, a, another another correction. Mamma Mia Two is way more popular than than its predecessor so critic score is about the same but people actually liked mamma mia 2 here we go again a lot more than the first one um because of share yeah uh what there's some terrible line like grandma you weren't invited to this party darling parties that you're not invited to are the most fun to attend uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good share impression thank you darling uh, <laughs> uh, so thinking back on it i like mamma mia 2 more even though i badmouthed it in a previous episode but the one thing is and spoiler alert for those who have not seen mamma mia 2 here we go I again ha- I- I haven't seen either of, uh, either of them, but that's okay. All right, take your headphones off because <laughs> it, it, it's, it's something that happens in the first five minutes, but I really, really hate it. And that is that they kill off Meryl Streep. Off screen oh. too. Yeah. What? Yes. Oh. So I, I, I really- I should have taken the headphones off. You should have. <laughs> there, there, there was genuine <laughs> shock. Uh, no, I, I, I really hated that. And then Mamma Mia 2 becomes like this whole, this whole thing about uh, Amanda Seyfried's character trying to learn more about like her mother when, when she was her age and this and that and how, how she was born. Uh, 
it's it's a charming movie. I like that they moved past Meryl Streep for at least one movie in favor of Lily James. It, it, it was it was a fun story to tell, but I, I, I like she's never coming back. You know what I mean? I I I don't feel like in the Mamma Mia franchise they they have like Infinity Stones or or, or something to to undo <laughs> the the snap. So just sing someone back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 sing Super Troopers so beautifully that Meryl Streep rises from the grave and joins them. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I was so shocked. Like, I have zero investment in the characters since I've never seen either of the <laughs> movies. And that still came as such a shock to me. Like, wow. Yeah. You you feel shocked. like she's anchoring the franchise, right? Yeah. Uh, so did I. But apparently, Amanda Seyfried is the one who we're supposed to love the most, which um, not happening. Of, speaking of Lily James, have you seen Baby Driver? No, I haven't. Oh, that ma- that's one I would recommend. They're making a sequel though. Interesting. Okay. I think so. Uh let, let me let me look this up. That uh I mean, I I don't know. It could it could fall flat. It could fall flat. Like I feel like that's a movie that could very well just stand on its own. But uh yeah, I'd pr- I'd probably see it. So there there is going to be a baby a baby driver 2. It's not called Baby Driver 2, it's actually going to be called Infant Driver. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Baby Driver 2 Super Baby. <laughs> the, 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 the joke that I was going for was supposed to be Toddler Driver, but okay. I accidentally said Infant, so... <laughs> That's yeah. okay. That nice sounds try. like a knockoff. That sounds like a knockoff instead of a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the uh it, it it's the the dollar tree uh snack version of of baby driver it's like a bollywood version of it <laughs> um yeah so mama mia 2 way more popular uh, an, another just quick hot take on on abba while we're here and i don't know how many other opportunities we'll have on this podcast abba might have the third best version of most of their original songs uh, Mamma Mia cast owning some of those and the 18s Mamma Mia album that they put out owning other hits. Uh, Ma- Mamma Mia, notably, much better by the 18s than ABBA or uh, or the Mamma Mia cast. However, Mamma Mia cast, yeah, Ma- Mamma Mia cast solidly owns Super Troopers. So, wow. Yeah. Is it actually them singing it? Uh, the Eighteens, yes, oh, they're incredibly talented. Or the Mamma Mia cast, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. It, it 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 is also uh it it is also the the Mamma Mia cast. Like they 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 don't have like the Rami Malek thing where where they're piping in Abba's music. Wow. I, I'm, I'm I'm not sure if it's Abba or Abba, so we might have another correction for next week. And it will allow me to get more of my ABBA or ABBA hot takes in. I think it's ABBA. Um, and anyone that disagrees with me is wrong. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I yeah. feel it. I, I'm the resident expert on ABBA. So shall it be written? So shall it be done? 
uh all right well yeah that's that's it for correction for corrections i just dropped my burt's bees if you heard a uh something knocking over let's get is into it, is it a classic flavor or are we uh you know i keep that thing on me i nice. i i'm actually scared to do the flavors because there are some burt's bees that have like a lip tint and so i i don't want to <laughs> get on a zoom call and look like i've just eaten a bunch of raspberries or put put like lip liner on so do you know the story of Burt's Bees uh vaguely but please fill me in well I don't honestly don't know if I know the story this is just (laughs) this is just the history of Burt's Bees as told to me by a friend okay um and I love it so much that I'm gonna share it and we'll just all agree that this is actually what happened and we you're, might end up having a bunch of corrections. You're 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 in a very declarative mood tonight. Like, <laughs> and, and everything that you've been saying is just like I'm I'm going to tell you, and this is law. We'll we'll agree that at least for the duration of this episode, that's what happened until Deal. until we research it. So, okay. So, Bert and his wife, um, uh, uh, Helen. <laughs> oh. It, was it Helen? Was it Topanga? One of them. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was Topanga. Um, they like moved into this house and found in their, in like their basement, uh, an old ancient Egyptian, um, like remedy of some kind that used beeswax. Like, are, are you, are you fact checking me as we're doing this? Uh, it's Bert Shavitz and Roxanne Quimby. I can see the reflection in your glasses from your screen. <laughs> um, ro- rock, would you say Roxette? Roxanne. Wait, it's Roxanne? Yeah. Okay, Roxanne. All right. So they find this, um, s- some sort of remedy, something in their basement. And is that Darth Vader on your screen? No, no Darth oh, Vader. Oh, sorry. I thought I, I thought I could see Vader. That's just your head. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my gosh! It totally is. I look like I'm wearing Vader's helmet. <laughs> um, so they go in the basement and find this ancient recipe, right? Mm-hmm. And so they whip it up. Turns out it's great on your chapped. Uh, <laughs> go chapter, on. Chapped regions. Oh um, gosh. <laughs> I don't know exactly where. I, I don't know what they applied it to first, but if you got something dry, it's good to put it on. Um, uh, and so they uh, make a lot of money off this, start up a business, and then they get divorced, and Bert ends up losing everything to his wife, but they keep the branding the same. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure Bert's homeless um, if he's still alive. But uh, I, I may I may have just added that last part in. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and he was never seen from again. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that was a pretty riveting story and probably worth the wait. So I'm glad we took. Yes, to yeah that 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 story definitely didn't die on the vine. Um, uh, the 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 headquarters to Burt's Bees is in my hometown of Durham, North Carolina. So wow. Fun, fun little, if you're ever in, uh, yeah, if you're ever in tobacco, uh, or excuse me, Brightleaf Square, rather, uh, be, be sure to stop by the Burt's Bees headquarters. They, they have this like giant, uh, giant beehive that you can like open the doors to and, and behind plexiglass, you see hundreds and 
maybe even thousands of bees. So pretty cool. Wow. And uh, Bert, Bert lives there, right, right outside. He's just in a little, <laughs> just right, 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 right under the overpass. So yeah, very, very cool. Um, uh, other than that, what, what, what have you been up to? What, what's been going on? I know we've had a little time to, yeah. uh, to ho- hopefully experience things outside of, of podcasting. Okay. Um, I'm going to get your opinion on this. Uh, one right. thing I've done in the last week or so. Um, so we had Grace's family reunion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... At the very end, there was a wedding, and we thought it would be fun with a bunch of Grace's cousins to jump in the pool at the end of the wedding with all mm-hmm. of our fancy clothes on. I, and, I, I, I saw some video evidence of this, but okay. continue. So we did it, but something that you've been hung up on is me plugging my nose, and I don't know, I don't know what the big deal is about me plugging my nose jumping into a pool. I, I don't – it just – it, it's something that like, it, it, it strikes me as something that a grown adult would not do. Now, <laughs> to your credit, you were not the only grown adult who plugged your nose, but- Grace did too, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I wasn't going to throw her under the bus, but yes, Grace did too. Uh, and, and none of the children did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the children are doing like backflip gainers and you're just plugging your nose. Uh, so it's like I, three foot. It's like three feet deep. <laughs> and everyone is just cracking their head on the side and bottom of the pool. Um, I, I, I went to my wife with this, like I snickering, seeing this video showed my wife and I said, look, Skylar's plugging his nose. And she was like, I plug my nose. Like that, that's not weird. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I normally when I'm jumping into a pool these days, I, I try and do a, a, a nice dive, you know, not, not too showy, but dive. yeah, j- just, just enough to let the other pool go- goers know that I've, I've got it going on. <laughs> um, and, and you don't plug your nose traditionally when, when diving. In fact, I don't know of anyone who has. So don't they wear nose plugs though, or maybe oh, I'm mistaken. I, so the plugging of the nose in or outside of the pool is kind of a non-starter for me. That's like my biggest pet peeve in the world. I don't like when people touch my nose. I don't like my nose being plugged. Uh, oh wow! Just yeah, the the sensation of plugging my nose is one of the most unpleasant things that that I can think about, and I know that that's completely neurotic and and deranged and most people can do it without even thinking about it but the idea of that little u-shaped plastic clip going over my nostrils it's it's not good well i'm glad i got that uh i'm glad now i understand because I, i i i texted or you texted me and were like dude so why'd you plug your nose and i was like Oh, uh, yeah, it was just like a fun thing. I don't, what's the big deal of plugging my nose? And then there was just radio silence. You just, I didn't hear back. And I was just like, what did I do wrong? And so I bring it to Grace and I'm like, Grace, is this weird? And, and then she says, Davis also commented this on our video on Instagram or something. I did. Or Facebook. 
I did. And I was like, what is, what, what's the deal with this? And, you know, I even went to Google to find out if there's anything wrong with plugging my nose. And <laughs> it turns out it's just your preference. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm glad that we were able to squash that beef on pod. Um, Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to recover. Um, And, you know, again, it seemed like a lot of fun. It just, it, it, it didn't strike me as something that, that grown folks did, but different strokes, man. (sighs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I have not done a ton but I have watched a few things. Okay. I, I actually watched something. I, I made a categorical statement on a previous episode saying that I would not watch this movie. And I watched it. And that was Ooh. Zack Snyder's Justice League. What? Yeah. The Justice I watched, League cut is out? No, I just watched... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I just watched, I guess, DC's Justice League, okay. we'll call okay. it. Um, my wife fell asleep and about an hour into the movie while my wife was still conscious, I I just remember leaning over to her and saying like, aren't superhero movies supposed to be fun? Like, I I feel like I should be enjoying myself more than I am right now because I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose that there is a way that, that, that DC or excuse me, that, that the Snyder cut can redeem some of the things that, that took place on screen, especially if they space it out into like a six or eight part uh, TV series. Right. But the, the movie, I just, I felt like it kind of plotted along and we got to see a few cool things like, Hey, there's, um, there, there's Wonder Woman's Island and there's, uh aquaman's home and here we go or you know look look at um look at cyborg he's he's cool he can turn off city lights uh yeah and and, i don't know just top to bottom like i i feel like um ezra miller the the flash is it ezra miller yeah okay uh the flash i i've never found him like particularly charming and so him being the the comedic relief fell flat for me as well anyhow and 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 beyond all of that like beyond uh beyond issues with with the way that the movie was shot i think that dc has a superman problem because Mm -hmm. spoiler alert click forward 30 seconds Superman came in in the last two minutes and just like, just tidied up. I, I mean, he he kicked butt, <laughs> and 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 he, and he didn't break a sweat. So anyway, that 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 is my impromptu review of DC's Justice League. I I, I do hope, however, that in the in the Snyder Cut we get at least a full episode, maybe even two entirely devoted to that Russian family that is being attacked by the bugs and, and flees the flees their city uh, as, as the movie's concluding, because that was definitely my favorite part of the movie and was not boring or useless in any way. 
I don't know why I just thought of this, and uh, this is way off topic. Um, you might not relate to this at all, nor any of our listeners may. Yeah, you, it, this this is probably just way out of out there. But um, in the first season of uh, Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> there there's an episode. Yes, of course. <laughs> there's an episode where. Um, we're, we're introduced to the main villain of the first season and it takes us to this planet where let's say the episode is, you know, 30 minutes long, the first 25 minutes or 20, you know, six or seven minutes of the episode is this love story between these, the, the creatures on the planet, the species, they're like a bug, uh, insect people or something like that. And you know, the closing credits of the episode basically is uh, all of a sudden the villain from the first season is blowing the planet up and, and ends up killing everyone. <laughs> um, but it, it's just like, and I don't know why I thought of that, uh, probably because of the, the, the bug connection there. But um, yeah, cool story, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where I was going with that. You sh- y'all, y'all should check check out Dragon Ball Z. I'm I'm plugging it. Skylar's batting a thousand with his anecdotes tonight. <laughs> um, I I I also here here's a non-streaming recommendation, and that is Space Force. Uh, Ooh, uh-uh. T- Taylor and I. So we we tried it out a couple weeks ago, and we got through the pilot, and it was like, okay, that that wasn't great. Maybe it'll pick up. And it was either the second or third episode that that was like, okay, you know, th- this this has potential. I I think it was probably the second episode. We thought, all right, you know, maybe m- maybe this will be watchable. Um, but boy, I, I I think we just watched the fifth episode, and I I, I think we're both done for oh. like forever. It, it was it it's it's unfortunate because Greg Daniels and. Uh, and Steve Carell, obviously, like <laughs> you're, you're thinking unconventional workplace, but workplace comedy all the same. This is going to be great. They're, they're, they're really good at subtle humor, this and that. Um, every, everything felt like 10 months, like, like it was written in reaction to a very specific current U.S. news event a year ago. <laughs> And, and 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 there there's just a general fatigue I feel with like with with, with timely satire and untimely satire there's certainly no appetite for so just li- little little things about like uh, you know the the, the commander in chief is this and that and there there's there, there there's like some uh, some very feisty young senator her her she's like coa or whatever uh just 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 all of it (laughs) they so there there are there are members of congress who are like part of the oversight committee there is a nancy pelosi character a chuck schumer character and an alexandria ocasio-cortez character and all three of them like they're not even trying to hide it uh the chuck schumer character i think his name is like jug tumor or, or whatever, like, like so, something, so, something very clearly uh, designed to, to evoke Chuck Schumer in our mind. 
And then the the AOC character, she's they they, they talk about how she's like feisty and young and uh she she's always asking these very pointed questions in a flippant indignant way i just i i nothing in the show has landed for me uh other than the fact that uh lisa kudrow is in prison and we really want to know why she's in prison but we're not willing to endure the the the, the mistreatment that we've uh that we've had to endure for the past few episodes. So if somebody wants to tell us why Lisa Kudrow is in prison, please uh, let, let, let us know, send us a text, uh, message us, you know, however, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what's been going on in our household. Nice. Um, Lastly, I, uh, I started reading um, uh, Star Wars Thrawn which Ooh. I I highly recommend to uh, to anyone. It's the origin story of Thrawn in the Star Wars universe. Um, I believe it's a trilogy, if I'm not it mistaken. And, and Thrawn is the first book. Um, and yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm pretty close to halfway through at this point. So, so uh, the, the the author Timothy Zahn he started like a a Thrawn series years and years ago. Um, I'm I'm looking it up and it looks like the first one is heir to the empire. Mm. So this is kind of like, I mean, it's, it's all legends material now. Like it's not part of the, uh, not, not part of the new canon canon, but yeah, they, uh, there there's of this new trilogy Thrawn and then Thrawn alliances. And yeah, for, for those who are unfamiliar, Thrawn is basically, um, just an incredibly gifted, uh, I don't know, like he, he, he makes war into an art. Uh, Strate- like a military sense. strategist. Tactician. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's always three or four steps ahead of the enemy. Uh, and, and he's a very powerful ally for the empire against the rebel Alliance. As if the empire needed any more help, they, right. they, they have uh, Thrawn on their side. So <laughs> he's a very interesting character that that's awesome you'll uh you'll, you'll have to yep. tell me how it is okay I, i've i've tried to like get out into the star wars universe a little more beyond uh beyond the films and one day i will probably step into the books but for right now comic books are as far as i've been able to get which are also excellent so if, they, if anyone they... needs a plug Oh, Star Wars comics are, are, are phenomenal. Um, yeah, they, they did announce, um, so they announced they're so that they're doing the high Republic, obviously, which we don't Mm -hmm. know anything about yet, but I also heard they're writing about the old Republic. Like they're doing some old Republic books. So I, I would be interested to see that. Um, there, there is an appetite for, the old Republic and like Knights of the old Republic uh, again, for, for those who, <laughs> who haven't dedicated their lives to the study of star Wars. Um, the, the, the old Republic just takes place thousands and thousands and thousands of years before anything that we've seen on screen uh, in, in a time where there were tons of Jedi, tons of Sith, and, and they were more like almost political ideologies uh, right. than, than anything else. And they, they were, at war with one another there there's 
some notable, uh, really, really good video games based in that time, but there, there hasn't been anything on screen. When, when Disney was announcing like trilogy after trilogy uh, of these upcoming Star Wars projects, uh, cause like DB Weiss and who the, the, the creators of games of Thrones, game of Thrones were getting a trilogy. Uh, right. Ryan Johnson was getting a trilogy. Taika Waititi has now been said to direct a Star Wars project. Uh, right. So they, they've been handing out all these contracts, but it, it, it would stand a reason that we'll probably enter that realm uh, at some point in the near future in the movies. So ho- hopefully they'll have the, the ancillary stuff to kind of whet our appetite uh, for, for that time and do some world building. And and unfortunately, that is not the last time that we're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars th- th- this episode. But we'll, we'll we'll keep it light. We'll keep it light. Uh, but 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 sticking with Disney, did you watch Hamilton? Oh yeah. Okay, we did Loved too. It. Yeah, Loved obviously. It. I mean, we're we're red blooded Americans for crying out loud. Of course, we watched Hamilton. <laughs> Uh, but Disney Plus reported a 72% increase in subscribers on the strength of Hamilton. And this is a very seamless transition into the Fast Five for those who are keeping score at home. Okay. Uh, have you enjoyed your Disney Plus experience? Like, are, 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 you, are you keeping that for the long term? Uh, or, or are you, it, it, is, is, there, is there a world in which you will cancel your Disney Plus subscription? Like, do you need stuff like this to stay on board? I'm I'm thinking uh yes I do. Um well let me let me just backtrack here. So yeah. I, I'm thinking what I think the streaming service I use the most is Hulu, uh followed by Vudu and Netflix are probably two and three for me. Um I don't do Prime as much and I do I do Disney Plus more than Prime, but um I, I don't find myself uh diving very deep into um, the Disney vault, unless mm-hmm. uh, Grace is in the mood to watch Brother Bear uh, or, or something along um, those lines. But like I got Disney Plus when The Mandalorian Season 1 came out. Um, I ended up watching The Clone Wars a few months later, which was, uh, which was also stellar. Um, Hamilton has kept me interested, you know, the documentary behind The Mandalorian. Uh, and I think Disney's going to do a good job of continually releasing Star Wars content that will keep me interested. Um, but other than them continuing to drop Star Wars content, I would probably, I would probably not have the streaming service. Got it. If not for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think D- Disney knows where their bread is buttered. I, I think that they're going to continue to to make. Uh, IP and, and like original content that, that can live only on this streaming service that, that will keep fans satisfied. Uh, my, my wife and I, uh, we, there, there, there was an introductory offer where we were able to pay upfront for three years of Disney plus at, at, at a pretty steep discount. And we absolutely did that. So we we're locked in through 2022 and at that point, I don't really uh, see us giving up, uh, g- giving up the streaming service. It, it it is nice to be able to dive back in, especially to like old Disney movies. I I, I think the nostalgia 
wore off pretty quickly uh, with with like the TV shows and stuff, like like the the, the TV shows of our youth. We <laughs> we 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 had some friends over uh, the the weekend that or like the week after Disney Plus uh, was what was opened or or whatever like launched and our 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 guests watched like who framed roger rabbit they watched like one episode of recess one episode of lizzie mcguire one episode of this one episode of that and so for like the next five months our uh our our watch history had all of these things that we had no interest in in continuing with because you know there, there there was that curiosity in the first few in, in in the first few weeks to to rediscover some of those shows that were lost and and frankly to kill whatever love we had for them uh in the process yeah so anyway uh disney plus cool cool platform we're glad to see that they are acquiring interesting ip like that i don't know how many more musicals i want taped and and put on there but it's it's fun three years after the fact to say definitively that i saw hamilton uh moving on i okay okay so for this i want to do like a this or that i'm going to give you two biopics that that are in various stages of production you can only see one is it the is it the princess die and um and uh mike tyson no, we already did that. I'm not working <laughs> off of old notes. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, this seems oddly familiar. Yeah, there, there are just a lot of interesting biopics that are, there are. That are being announced. Um, the first one is Jennifer Hudson, who's going to be playing Aretha Franklin in a biopic oh. about her life. Okay. Uh, and, and the second is Zachary Levi, who has been cast to play Kurt Warner interesting yeah so you can only pick one i i feel okay i feel ashamed (laughs) that i don't know more about aretha um for that reason i would say (laughs) excuse me um for that reason i'd say i'm i'm more interested in jennifer hudson's because i would love to learn more about aretha franklin Mm -hmm. um but Kurt Warner's story is also very compelling, uh, being as he was, you know, working in a grocery store, and then he ended up playing in the Canadian Football League, and was an eventual Super Bowl champion, and then made it back towards the end of his career with a, uh, I mean, a a, a pretty under uh, overachieving, I should say, Arizona Cardinals team. So yeah, um, I'd go, but I'd go with Aretha. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you. First off, there there are a few castings in life that feel like just square hole meet square peg, and and that is Jennifer Hudson for Aretha Franklin. But before Aretha's passing, she actually said that were were there to ever be a biopic about her life, Jennifer Jennifer Hudson would be her pick, uh, and uh, again, J- Jennifer Hudson impresses in everything that she. Uh, that she does. I know that she's well on her way to, to an EGOT. I, I don't know if she's ever uh, taken the stage to compete for a Tony. Uh, and I don't believe she's been in the Emmy race, but she has the Grammy. She has the Oscar. So uh, j- just a few more to go with, 
with the Kurt Warner biopic, you, you mentioned the most interesting points in his life. I, and, and, and they, they are undoubtedly interesting as like a human interest piece. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm skeptical as to how that's going to play on the silver screen. Uh, I, right. I, I, I wonder if even the great Zachary Levi will be able to make me care about a, a grocery store clerk uh, and, and, and enough to want to see a movie. Uh, and, and, and I think that unlike Aretha Franklin's story, which throughout has, has a lot of rich things that you can, you can touch on here and there, I, I'm, I'm wondering how they'll be able to frame Kurt Warner's story in such a way as to where Zachary Levi could, could play all of those things. So anyhow, um, I, I'm, I'm sure that both will be at least good-ish movies, but I, I have really, really high hopes for, uh, for the Aretha Franklin biopic. So yeah, hoping that, hoping that turns out well. Um, what, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, they, what they should have done instead of Kurt Warner, which I would be very compelled to see would be a Michael Vick movie. Um, hmm. the, the rise and fall and rise of Michael Vick in his NFL <laughs> career. So one, one biopic that I'd be more interested in than even Michael Vick would be of Cam Newton's off season just this year. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's leaving the Carolina Panthers after, after a kind of what could have been season or, or rather career uh, career there. He, he had his MVP season and he's going to the Patriots for league minimum. It, it feels like on top of everything that's going on there, he posts on average probably three or four times a week a video of him working out, uh, usually shirtless, super jacked, in running tights. You can kind of see the silhouette of his peenie. And uh, he, he's just talking about how it's going to be a totally new cam once he gets to New England. So he he could he could win MVP and the Super Bowl next year. I don't care. I just want a biopic about this off season. I'd see it. I'd go see it. <laughs> it, it. It's it's not even like an actor playing him or anything. It's just all of the Instagram videos that he's posting stitched together. Oh, and and they, it makes like a seventy five minute movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see, but. Um, as as that idea continues to percolate, we'll we'll look forward with with earnestness to the Aretha Franklin one. Okay. Uh, next up on the Fast Five, I so Seth Rogen is set to star in a new dramedy called An American Pickle. I'm gonna read you. Oh the, no. uh, I, I, I'm I'm gonna read you the synopsis. And no, oh, this is not a uh, th- this is not a sequel to. Uh, sausage party to sausage party yes all right so the film follows herschel greenbaum a struggling laborer who immigrates to america in 1920 with dreams of building a better life for his beloved family one day while working at his factory job he falls into a vat of pickles and is brined for a hundred years the brine preserves him perfectly and when he emerges in present-day brooklyn he finds that he hasn't aged a day 
but when he seeks out his family, he is horrified to learn that his only surviving relative is his great-grandson, Ben Greenbaum, a mild-mannered computer programmer whom Herschel can't begin to even understand. Are you excited about this? It's Seth Rogen acting against Seth Rogen. He's playing both roles. He's Herschel and Ben. Oh. <laughs> this seems like a Jack and Jill thing. Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. Uh, I mean, a grand, granted, Seth Rogen's not playing a male and a female, but um, that's about how excited I am for the movie. Have, have, you, have you seen Jack and Jill? No. Okay. I have heard, I have heard, I've heard some good things about it, though. Have you? Uh, <laughs> from, the, from, from my wife, who's the biggest Adam Sandler fan of the so, so, so we've been doing a, a, a road to Tenet, uh, a, a, a number of Christopher Nolan movies. I'm wondering if leading up to the next uh, big blockbuster Adam Sandler fart movie, we will we'll do a string of Adam Sandler movies where, where you, perhaps with the, with the assistance of Grace, will, will be able to evangelize uh, all, all, all things Adam Sandler to me. I'll do it. I, I, I was thinking about it like, <laughs> I, 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 I want to start from the beginning and, and, and do like a happy Gilmore, or excuse me, happy Madison. <laughs> happy Gilmore happy or Gilmore, Billy, Billy, Madison. Madison. B- Billy Madison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the production name tripped me up. I was trying so hard. Anyhow. Um, wedding singer is yeah, so great like, too. Start with one of those. What's that? The wedding singer is a great one. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Look, I noted Adam Sandler hater uh, must, must genuflect and admit that there are some hits in the Adam Sandler repertoire that, that are just that. Very good. Br- bringing it back to, to Seth Rogen, I... I, I personally think that this movie could be funny. Uh, one, one, one of the sources of humor, I guess, for this movie is that um, a Jewish man from the 1920s can walk into present-day Brooklyn and be practically indistinguishable from all the hipter, <laughs> hipsters who occupy that space. Um, Good point. So, some, of the, some of the photos from the set show, uh, show the, the Herschel Seth uh Seth Rogen in like a three-piece suit with a newsboy cap and a huge wily beard and you know he he walks into a coffee shop and he's just a dime a dozen there so I'm uh I, I'm I'm looking forward to this I I think that it it could be a steaming pile of crap but it it very well could be a a nice somewhat heartwarming uh comedy is there a trailer out yet I don't believe that there is a trailer out yet and this might be premiering on HBO max. Uh, so oh, okay. Yeah. It, it might be like a straight to streaming movie, but I don't, uh, I don't waste my time with trash like that. So <laughs> if it's streaming, it's garbage except for Hamilton. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have a little game of wait and see on that one. Okay. Um, so th- this next piece of news has some very, very light spoilers for okay. the upcoming Black Widow movie. So Ooh. if you are interested in going into the Black Widow movie completely unaware of anything that may happen, 
skip ahead a few minutes uh, and, and, and join us in our Inception uh, discussion. But with that aside, uh, apparently the, the standalone Black Widow film is designed for, for Scarlett Johansson to metaphorically pass the baton to Florence Pugh. So interesting. So, yeah. So, so, so th- this movie will, will kind of be, be introducing us to the next Black Widow in the MCU. And, and, and it oh. appears that it's going to be Florence Pugh. Um, and I, does, I, I'm confused because doesn't this, does this serve as a prequel to, or, or, or sorry, it, it's like a origin story or something like that for Black Widow, isn't it? Uh, so I, I have no doubt that this is going to shed a little more light on Natasha Romanoff's backstory, but okay. I, I believe where this, where this is going to take place kind of in the continuity of the MCU franchise is at the end of Captain America and the Winter Soldier, there, there there's some throwaway line from... Uh, from Black Widow, where she says something about how, like, I I I need to like confront some of my demons. Like, I I, I need to, I I need to figure out what's going on because in mm. uh, in Winter Soldier there there was like a big data release and and everyone found out about all or or, or at least Black Widow's dirty secrets were available like online now. You 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 could find her okay. criminal record, etc. And so she, she talked about kind of going back home, going back to her roots and trying to make sense of, of everything. And, and this will apparently be doing that. All right. Well, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm actually pretty excited for this one. I've, I, I've actually missed Marvel. It's, it's been a decent break from it, I think, but I'm mm-hmm. excited for it to come back. So, Yeah. I, I'm I'm really bummed when I think that, uh, like, we we would have seen Black Widow a while ago now. Uh, yeah, it, it it was supposed to come out in June. Like, it it it'd be at dollar theaters by now. Uh, maybe I not, hate. but headed that way. Anyway, um, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to that. If quarantine goes uh, much longer maybe disney plus will have to eat another huge investment and and just surprise drop this on the uh on the disney plus app i'd love that i i i've i've been wondering like so netflix for example pours 60 or 70 million dollars into some of their more like big budget uh films that they release uh-huh and like obviously in in this meritocracy in the streaming wars, like you need to have good original content because heaven knows NBC is going to decide, Hey, we're going to make Peacock, uh, give us the office back. Like, you know, there, there, there will be those moments, but it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around like how many subscribers Netflix must have to be able to drop 60 million on, on a movie that not everyone or not even like half of their viewership would want to watch. You, you know what I mean? Right. It's crazy. Yeah. That is really crazy. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, all right, and and this is that that last little bit of Star Wars news that that I uh, foreshadowed earlier, and that is that Disney has announced, you know, speaking of original content, that there is going to be a new Star Wars animated series called The Bad Batch. Woo! Uh, yeah, so this this follows four so-called defective clone troopers who over the course of the, the Clone Wars uh, are, are sent on high-risk missions that, that help them utilize their very special skills. It, it's, it's a pretty generic crew. You've got like the smart one, the leader, the heavy, and the sharpshooter. Uh, and in, anyway, this, this is going to, to follow their adventures through Order 66 and and kind of the great Jedi purge. Um, I'm really hoping that they are somehow not affected by order 66 and they'll be fighting against this because otherwise it's just going to be a show about some highly specialized clone troopers assassinating Jedi left and right, which I don't think would be very fun. Uh, I don't think so either. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering if maybe it will take place uh, in the, earlier on in the clone wars unless did, did they say what, where it's what part it's going to take place from from what i saw i, I believe it's going to take place they, they said that it's going to take place during order 66 and in the events following revenge of the oh. sith okay yeah yeah that uh i mean i can only imagine that they wouldn't just make a series about killing the jedi but who knows <laughs> bad batch <laughs> what what is your progress We've slain we've slain thirteen Jedi today. <laughs> well done. Yeah, it's Come. just one season of Jedi being slaughtered. I know. <laughs> like that's all, all it would be. All of those other Jedi in in the Jedi Council that you've always wondered how did they die during the Great Jedi Purge? You're about yeah, to find he, out. How, how how was Yaddle killed? Yeah, oh, yeah, Yaddle was killed because of the prejudiced views of, of the Jedi order that, you know, y- Yoda and Yaddle couldn't get a little amorous and, and create that beautiful bundle of joy, baby Yoda. I found out that Yaddle is actually not Yoda's sister, which I always, for the longest time thought that they were related. Um, <laughs> it turns out that they are just of the same species. Uh, I learned this from watching a, I don't know what happened, but I was up oh, late no. one night and I, I started watching um, a YouTube video that says uh, which uh, which Jedi Council chair is the comfiest. And so <laughs> they, they go through a breakdown of every Jedi's chair and talk about why, make a case for why it's the comfiest chair in the Jedi's, the Jedi's Council room. That is excellent. Have I, have I shown you a picture of Smooth Yoda? Uh, no, but I really hope that you're going to send it to me. Of course. I'm, I'm, I'm sending it right now. So, someone de-wrinkled Yoda and put, put his skin in like a high gloss. And, uh, I, I if, if you're listening, please just Google smooth Yoda. I, I promise there won't oh, be like any porn gosh. or anything. Does he have a, a nose ring? Uh, <laughs> is it just really shiny? That, that is just the the dim glow 
of Dagobah oh. reflecting off of his smooth, polished face. Oh, it, I wasn't sure if you meant when you said smooth, if you meant like smooth talking, like a suave <laughs> Yoda or salamander skin Yoda. And sure enough. Yeah. It's the very much the latter. Very shiny glass. Like. Gosh, <laughs> that's terrifying. I know I, I I've got to like click out of this or I'm going to be distracted for the rest of the podcast. Um, anyway, that's smooth Yoda. <laughs> I, yeah. You know what? I, I was, I was going to keep going with the, uh, with the star Wars speculation, but we've spent more than enough time on star Wars during this movie podcast uh, for, <laughs> for someone who may not be that interested in it. So moving right along, uh, we reviewed inception. Uh, so this, as you might know, is by an up-and-coming director named Christopher Nolan. Ooh. He's uh, relatively new to the game, but <laughs> in, in Inception was, you know, for for some cinephiles like like Skyler and I, when we really took notice of his work. Uh, the the plot to this: <laughs> Dom Cobb, played by Leonardo DiCaprio is a thief with the rare ability to enter people's dreams and steal their secrets from their subconscious. His skill has made him a hot commodity in the world of corporate espionage, but has also cost him everything he loves. Cobb gets a chance at redemption when he is offered a seemingly impossible task, plant an idea in someone's mind. If he succeeds, it will be the perfect crime, but a dangerous enemy anticipates Cobb's every move. This was released uh, July 13th, 2010. Oh, just missed the 10-year anniversary. Uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. This stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Ellen Page, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Killian Murphy, Tom Hardy, Marion Cotier, Ken Watanabe, Michael Caine, uh, Dilip Rao, and other names and faces that you may recognize. This is a stacked cast. Um, oh, what it, what what, what, I was just going to say, what, what score did you end up giving it? Okay, so I went back and forth on this a lot because okay. we, we, we made a pact last episode. We were actively going to try and find things wrong with this movie because you and I both love Inception. It's a very popular movie. I came very close to giving this a perfect score, but oh. I ended up giving it a 99 out of 100. Oh. Major review. No, I, I this 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 should not like. I, I'm I'm not sticking it to Christopher Nolan. I may go back and and change my score, but I mean this this is a near perfect movie, if not a perfect movie. More more accurately, I'm probably giving it like a 99.5. Okay. Yeah. What 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 wow. did you give it? Um. So. Like you said, we went in, went into this with a mindset that we were going to be critical of it. Uh, that was very, very difficult for me to do. Um, I think real, I think I realized uh, watching this that it's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. All right. Um, I, I used to think it was The Dark Knight, but I, I think I largely attribute that to Heath Ledger's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, this is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, I think. And so I gave it a, I gave it a ninety-eight. Um, so yeah, we were we were both pretty close in our scores. Yeah. Um, I I was gonna give it a hundred, but I I don't know, I couldn't. I, I don't know why. I I I I'm I don't know what the standard is. Like, 
right. this, this movie is so good, but I'm like, is there something better? Like what, I mean, Empire Strikes Back is up there for me too. And so I, I, mm-hmm. I give my criteria is, is, I don't know, maybe I should have just given it a hundred, but I gave it a 98. No, I, I, I think that you and I are facing the same problem where this early on in the podcast, it's, it's scary to give a movie your, your stamp of 100%. So, right. you know, maybe, uh, maybe once we're, we're a little less wet under the ears, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be able to retroactively give this movie the hundred that it deserves, or perhaps we will, we'll stand pat, uh, with, with, with our ratings, but Either way, major, major scores. This is an excellent movie. It's one that I think, um, again, post-Dark Knight kind of Mm -hmm. introduced Christopher Nolan as a very serious filmmaker to the average movie fan um, and and, and showed his, his range. Because I, I, I know a lot of people were really invested in the Dark Knight trilogy during this time. Uh, but may may not have been as familiar with Christopher Nolan's prowess outside of the Batman trilogy. Yeah, and I think he, uh, like, I I feel like he loved doing the the Dark Knight trilogy, but he wanted to shed that, like, that label as oh he's like that ba- the great Batman director, um, and just wanted to be known as a jack of all trades that could make a great film in every genre right. and i believe out outside of the dark knight trilogy most of his films seem to seem to take on a a, a different you know a, a pretty different genre for each film so um yeah he he uh, i i thought I, and i was it was hard because i was really excited for what was going to come after the dark knight but mm-hmm. um I would I, when hearing that this was going to be his film following that I was a little disappointed, but uh, I'm I could I mean, like looking back, this is I mean he he did no wrong with this film. So, so when when did you like take your take yourself back ten years? When when did you find out about Inception? Like, it, is is this a movie that you were looking forward to? Is this something that you? Were, were at the theater, saw the poster, saw Christopher Nolan's name and got excited? Like where, where in the process did you, did you find yourself in the Inception hype? So after the, I had this dark, dark night obs- obsession. Like I was watching, I had, it was the only movie I had on my iPod video mm-hmm. um, for the longest time. And so I would watch it like at at least once a day, I would at least I would start the movie. Um, I don't know how far into it I would get, but I would like go to sleep watching The Dark Knight on my iPod. Um, and you you you've you've told me that, and I've I'm struggling to think of a worse movie to fall asleep to. <laughs> uh, ah, other, it's just music uh, to my ears, yeah. being heist at the beginning, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, other than like Armageddon or Deep Impact or something. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm having trouble thinking of like a less noisy adrenaline pumping movie. Right. Anyway, anyway, please please continue. Um, and so I was I was pretty deeply invested in a lot of the uh, like Reddit threads that were going around discussing theories about the next movie and 
you know, who the villain was going to be. Cause the, I mean, early on after the film was released, we had no, there was no info on, you know, what was going to happen next um, in, in the trilogy, as far as who the villain might be, or there were talks about possibly bringing back the Joker as with a different actor. Um, and so, yeah, I was really heavily rooted in that. And uh, I believe six, six months to, you know, maybe nine months after the film came out, Mm-hmm. Um, they there was uh, news dropping that Christopher Nolan and his brother were writing a film that was not um, Batman related uh, for which would be his next film, and I was I mean I was just dis- I think disappointment at that point. Um, but when I saw the the poster for the for the for the movie, um, I didn't know anything about the premise, but I was I was excited for it just for the fact that it was a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. I I ask because I have very specific memories of seeing a trailer for Inception like six days before it came out and texting one of my friends who was a big movie fan and saying like, hey, uh, there's this Christopher Nolan movie. It's called Inception. Seems pretty cool. Do you want to see it? <laughs> and and she, she texted me back. She was like, um, I have been looking forward to this movie for like, a year and a half. I have known who I'm going to see it with on opening night for about a year. I'd be happy to see it with you on non-opening night, but my, my, my fate is sealed with regards to opening night. So <laughs> shout out to Sarah Harrison. Uh, All right. Yeah. If you're listening, Sarah, what, what could have been, but yes, she saw it. I saw it. Excellent movie. Uh, and it, it's, it's a movie that I never get tired of watching. Um, right. It's fun all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. Very like rewatchable, which isn't always the case with heist movies, uh, which, which this one is obviously, but yeah, it's uh, the, the, the fun and the, the thrill of, of the movie stays with you mm-hmm. the, the whole time. So yeah, really, really, really great movie. Uh, let, let, let's just kind of get into uh, to some of our thoughts. Okay. First off, th- this is another one of those movies where I I will forget the true opening scene, uh, which is which is the scene with Cato and mm-hmm. uh, and, and Dom Dom ending up on the beach, yes. seeing old Cato you know, talking about an old man waiting to die. Uh, and, and then we get that flashback to uh, to uh, Dom and Joseph Gordon-Levitt trying to trying to extract information from Cato. Uh, but there 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 are just some movies. Obviously, Inception, as I just noted, uh, Skylar, you you and I have talked in the in the past about how Disturbia has like a surprise opening scene yes. that, that, that usually gets forgotten because it has a very memorable second scene. Right. But people often forget that we see the grisly death of Shia Ooh. LaBeouf's dad in, uh, in, in the opening scenes oh, of, yikes. Yeah. of Disturbia. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> with, with, with that little note out, uh, out in the open. Um, yeah. So, so we have we, we have Cobb and Arthur trying to extract the the information from from Cato, uh, played by Ken Watanabe, and they 
turns out that it is a dream within a dream. Uh, Maul, uh, Cobb's now deceased wife is, is kind of showing up in, uh, in, in this heist things hit the fan. They, 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 they are captured by, uh, by Sato who, who eventually offers them basically a way out. Uh, and, and they get, to assembling the team. So, so you've got uh, Ellen Page, who's the star pupil of Michael Caine, Cobb's, Cobb's uh, father-in-law. They, they go and grab Tom Hardy, and, and we've pretty much got our cast. One, right. one thing, like, I, I, don't, I, I never think of this as an ensemble cast, but boy, is it. I mean, there's there some heavy hitters, and, and people who I think, well while their star has continued to, to grow, um, a, a lot of these actors and actresses were like very prominent A, a list level uh, actors and actresses. So yeah, really, 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 really great cast. And I love the chemistry between a lot of the players, especially Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tom Hardy. I, I, I love their little yeah. snipes at each other throughout the film. Uh, totally agreed. Um, I, I was thinking, like, when I, when I first saw this, um, I, had not, I had not yet seen Memento before seeing this. And uh-huh. so what I, knew, what I knew from Christopher Nolan was only the Batman, uh, at the time, uh, Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. And so going in on opening night... Um, for a film that I don't think was super hyped. Like unless you were a a big movie buff, I, at least the theaters that I knew of, there weren't a lot of, um, there were on, on, for the midnight showing there, there weren't a lot of people going out to see this one um, that I knew of at least. And so I went out with a few friends and just like that, that opening scene that you're talking about. Yeah. It was like I from the get go, I'm just so confused as to what's going on, um, and, and that's like what it, you have like going into a Christopher Nolan movie. Other than you know, and uh, any of the Batman films, you have to mentally prepare yourself for like, for for like, you, you know, the 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 <laughs> a- amount of thinking that's going to go into understanding or comprehending what's going on. Yeah, um, and. Inception is probably one of those the most mind-boggling of his movies, mm-hmm. and like to go in without that preparation um, was very difficult. Uh, and he tells the story so brilliantly in a way where you have to watch it multiple times. Like that's one of the best things about Christopher Nolan as a director is just the way that he tells the story where he leaves it with an ending that you're just like mind blown, but you're like, I have to watch it again because the second time is going to be better than the first time, like without fail, because you're going to pick up on, you know, different things. And, and it seems like every time you watch one of his movies, uh, you're picking up on something new. Um, yeah. and Inception was no exception to that. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting this, this notion that you're talking about, like even watching it for the, for the 10th, 20th, 30th time, uh, 
there there's still a level of confusion that that's kind of baked into the plot like i i know what's happening start to finish but i'll still need some gentle nudges to remember where where this plot is taking us right and and i think that something that may be a bit of an underrated skill is christopher nolan's ability to give you just enough as to where there 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 isn't I, i was never frustrated like we 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 talked about last episode in in memento as we were getting toward the conclusion i i was i i i was discomforted by the fact Mm -hmm. that i i I was beginning to know what i didn't know like i i could point to certain parts in the story as a big question mark and i needed to know this so that everything could make sense uh there there wasn't that same feeling of discomfort throughout this movie I, i was getting just enough information as to where exercising all of my mental faculties, I, I could I could stay anchored within the plot, uh, and and so in in that way, I I think that Christopher Nolan does a really good job. I uh, I'm, I'm reading just some interesting facts, and I, I guess to try and to try and cut down on that confusion, uh, there. When, whenever this movie is telecasted on TV in Japan, there's a box in the upper left corner to remind viewers which level of the dream they are on at any given time. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so j- jumping around, I mean, to Christopher Nolan's credit, e- each of the three levels of the dream are pretty distinct visually, which, which I think mm-hmm. is, is smart. Like you're, you're never, you're never really wondering, wait, are they in the car, the hotel, or the true lies uh, snow skiing place? Right. But, but I, I think um, all things considered, really, really well done and, and giving just enough to, to try and uh, disorient the viewer in, in a way that keeps them engaged as opposed to uh, enraged, shall we say. Cause that rhymed. Um, but, but, but yeah, so, so Cobb, Cobb gets to assembling this team. Uh, they, they, they begin to work. Ariadne played by Ellen page is a very promising designer and, and, and they begin to, to hatch a plan to try and, uh, in, incept to, to plant this idea in the mind of Fisher played by Killian Murphy, who is who is the now heir to to Saito's biggest competitor? One one thing that I didn't really think about before uh, before this watch is, I mean, <laughs> we we cheer for Cobb and his team because we like them and and we want him to be happy, but there there are no real heroes in this movie. Uh, like th- this whole team, they. Cop knows the irreparable harm that that Inception can do, and he's he he's signing up obviously to get back to his family. But the 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 goal of this is basically like corporate espionage to to try right. and to to try and consolidate some major company into what will likely be a monopoly, uh, which I mean it's it's realistic, but it also kind of sucks like. Not, not, 
they're, they're, as I said, there, there, there are no heroes in this yes. movie. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you. Um, and one, one thing that just came to my mind, so this might be a little off topic, just a, a slight, yeah, but um, yeah. I was thinking about like, if you think about like what this movie is, like it's a heist movie, right? It's like, that's exactly what it is, is a heist movie, kind of like what you, you were talking about earlier. And like somehow Christopher Nolan, you know, turns it into like at its very base, it's a heist, it's a heist movie, but it's just mm-hmm. so it's, it's like, so I don't know. It's obviously intricate, but like, he's able to take something. My only gripe I could find with the film really was like the concept isn't very original. Like, Oh, it's just a heist, but he's able to, you know, turn this um, criticism of mine into something spectacular by making it the best heist movie of all time because of just the, the, the idea behind, you know, what they're trying to do um, and, and how they're, how they're going to go about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it is frustrating to think that Inception is, it is basically in the same genre of film as Fast Five and Tower Heist. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but like you said, by combining all of these, all, all of these disparate elements, he's making a movie that's wholly original, actually not wholly original because uh, as, as I smugly noted to my wife, as we were watching this, the, the idea of a dream within a dream is found in a poem by Edgar Allan Poe from like the, the mm. mid 19th century. Um, but, but Christopher Nolan certainly takes these, these starting points uh, and, 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 and does a lot more with them than, than their predecessors. I, I, I think, like you said, the, 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 the heist movie was, was a good way to set the table because it got in an audience that may otherwise have been uninterested in a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, it, it, you know, like people, it, it, it has the traditional trappings of a summer blockbuster without, mm-hmm. uh, without having to give into all of the normal summer blockbuster tropes. So in that way, I, I think it's really great. And right. I, I, I think especially like by, by taking a more thought provoking idea like this dream within a dream and then having such a flawed, imperfect, um, uh, f- fundamentally broken, like time heister in, in, in Cobb, it makes it all the more interesting because at the, at, at the root of this movie, uh, we 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 have kind of the main antagonist, which is Maul, the the love of his life, his his wife, and because of because of his deep guilt, uh, we 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 have this vindictive, uh, cruel, self sabotaging version of his wife that that invades the dream space. Yeah. Um... So I guess going along with that, do you, would you consider Dom to be a, an antagonist or do you think he, he play, I mean, do you think he plays both sides or, 
or what what do you what do you think his role is in the movie I mean, it's it's tough because you the, the whole time you're wondering like why is Maul like you know always always trying to kill him like wh- what what could possibly be done uh, to to have this this, this terrible idea and then I, I believe it's not until we get down to limbo that, uh, that that Dom finally admits to Ariadne that he was the one who incepted. Uh, mall and and that this okay. that this idea that took root began to be, began to kind of define her her entire existence and so the the mental scars of of that lead to this twisted deformed version of again the the love of his life we 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 don't get a great deal of characterization of mall other than uh, Arthur jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt telling Ariadne, you know, she was she was wonderful, she was a delight. Uh, but seeing seeing the, the 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 guilt of that one choice that that Dom made play out over over years, over hundreds, if not thousands, of dreams, continuing to kind of morph Maul into a more and more vindictive, spiteful, uh, just awful uh person i i I think that you you could definitely make a case that that dom is kind of his own antagonist he he, he's he's trying to personify that guilt uh and and kind of remove himself from that bad action but it ends up totally perverting the the memory of his lost wife yeah i that was I mean, I hadn't even thought about the question I asked until you brought up the idea. <laughs> and I think you hit the nail on the head with that. So <laughs> bingo. Bazinga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the perfect combination of what, what, whatever Sheldon Cooper says, uh, how, how Bazinga is <laughs> like the perfect. Uh, anyway, that, that is such a Chuck Laurie thing. The, the, the whole Bazinga idea. <laughs> Little do our listeners know that I'm wearing a Bazinga shirt right now. So I'm, oh, yeah. M- I also mu- I'm also a listener currently. Much 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 like Dom, I I am the thing that I hate wearing my Bazinga shirt with my uh, <laughs> Big Bang Theory poster right behind me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so oh. I, I I I think that. Again, like one one of the things that that really makes this movie great is the urgency that that takes place on each of the levels. So, on on the first level, we we not only have uh, Sato Sato. I honestly can't remember. I believe it's Sato um, getting shot. Sado. Yeah. So so Sato gets shot, and it's like all right, clock's ticking. <laughs> uh, which very very quickly. I, I know that by completing this heist, Sato is made rich beyond his wildest dreams. Uh, but could you imagine? Like they, they talk about how pain being real on the dream mm-hmm. level. Could you imagine having three separate levels of of pain relating to a gunshot wound to the chest taking place simultaneously? Like oh. what, what what a terrible couple of hours that must have been. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, that was but, miserable. I bet. Yeah, but 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 anyway, we I mean we we've got kind of the clock ticking on Sato. 
uh, the the driver, the the apothecary who's been mixing all these all all, all these sweet uh, sweet essences um, in the in, in the in the second level with with Arthur. He's not only trying to fight off Fisher's subconscious, but he's dealing with the with the anti gravity stuff. Uh, very, very quick thinking, by the way. I I, just, I, I find Joseph Gordon Levitt wholly charming in everything that he yes. does, and and, yes, and this is no exception. Is. Just the the every time we go to that second level, I'm I'm just beaming, smiling ear to ear, uh, because <laughs> I, I I love Joseph Gordon Levitt. Anyway, and 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 then obviously on the third level, trying to get Fisher, who is also shot by Maul. Thanks a lot, Maul. Oh. Uh, he he gets shot and so trying to bring him back and you know timing up these kicks like by by adding these different levels you're you're not only extending the plot but it's it's like the the pressure gets compressed further and further so i i I thought again uh really really great staging of this whole movie um do you think Okay, what what did you like? What did you like Killian Murphy more in? Did you like him more in Batman Begins or in Inception? Huh, this is a good question. Um, I I think that I'm gonna side with Inception. Okay, because I I, I just again like he. He he was very much the victim in all of this, um, right? And, and like he's he's being played, and so the the movie could work if you don't really have an emotional connection to him. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that he played his character made it so that when he reaches that catharsis with, with his dad, like. Yes tears are streaming down his face and, and, and you, the viewer are having kind of that single teardrop right. moment. Like you're, you're, you're feeling the catharsis that, that, that is taking place, which, which either endears you to Killian Murphy and you're happy because like he gets his happy ending and, and everyone wins or you, you take it the other way and you're completely disgusted at the idea yeah. that, they're, that they're manipulating the completely toxic relationship that this guy had with his dad for, for financial gain. But either way, I, I think that Killian Murphy, a, 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 a sneaky gold star for him in, in, in the way that he played this. Because again, you, m- most heist movies, you're, you're not you're not thinking about the victim. You're, you're not like, you're, you're just like, yeah, you know, you're a, you're, you're some Brazilian playboy drug Lord who, uh, who had your safe broken into and, and they, they took the King's jewels. uh, That's right. And, and, and now they can feed their families. Well, and, and, and another thing that's so brilliant about, about it is like, he he's along for the heist and he doesn't even know he he doesn't even know like he's he's being led this whole time by the thieves and uh you know they they take him by the hand and lead him around and like you said he's the unknowing victim um yeah when and something else is that is such a uh uh 
an interesting perspective, I guess, is that like his character as the scarecrow um, and his character in Inception is so vastly different. I, I, I'm a fan of the, there's a Netflix series, I believe it originated on the BBC called Peaky Blinders. And Killian Murphy is the main, he, he's the star in that. Mm-hmm. And his character is so much the opposite of the, the kind of pushover that he is. Right. Um, even as the Batman villain, he's kind of like a little pushover. And so it, it's so interesting to see uh, just, uh, he's just got such a good range as an actor. I, I think he's brilliant. But Let's, uh, let, let, Let's do Batman Begins for for our next episode, if you're okay with that. Because I, oh, I, I I love Batman Begins, and 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 I think like of of the trilogy, I think that that one gets the least amount of recognition, and and yes. and there there's definitely the most to to kind of dive in there. So yeah, anyway, totally. we'll, we we will reannounce it at the end of the pod, but. Um, we, we've decided right now, based on the strength of Killian Murphy's performance, in honor of him, within yes. this honoring of Christopher Nolan, we will honor Killian Murphy further with, like uh, with a review of Batman Against. But yes, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's, it, it, it's, it's a great role. It's, it's kind of that, like you said, he, he's being manipulated, but he's made to feel like he's part of the gang. And, mm-hmm. and, and so it's very easy for us as the viewer to, uh, to give our goodwill to him. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and so someone who is very much not a part of the gang is Maul. And there, there is one thing that I, like one little nitpick that I have, because okay. at, as we go further down these levels of the subconscious, we find out what happened to Maul uh, and, and how she died, all, all this. Like the, the, the bits and pieces of, of Dom's subconscious that continue to appear within the, uh, w- within the layers of the subconscious are starting to come together because we, we see Dom walks into the hotel room windows are shattered you know glasses are broken uh tables are upturned and and we 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 see an open window and and through that open window dom is able to see maul sitting on the other ledge he sits there so that she doesn't jump she talks about how we we need to we need to go see our children again don't you want to be with james and philippa which by the by the way for such tertiary characters why saddle the viewers with a name like Philippa uh, for, for the entire movie? That aside, uh, they, they continue <laughs> a, very, a, a very tense moment. Um, and and, and Maul, is, Maul is convinced that, that they need to, that, that they need to kill they themselves. Need to wake up. So, yeah, 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 so that they can wake up. Um, she, unfortunately, eventually decides to jump from the ledge and we we can only assume splat uh Ooh, very splat. yeah Re- really like gut-wrenching scene all of that my one complaint of this entire movie is if she is sitting on the ledge of a balcony across the street <laughs> how how could dom have been 
accused of uh, like did did he did he chuck her like a frisbee and she just glided to the other you know what i mean like that right that that is my only only complaint and uh, talking to my wife about it she she mentioned uh it, it might just be kind of like a totality of the evidence thing where she she had filed a letter with her attorney there was the there 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 was the uh hotel room all crazy so the the, the police might have seen like look we, we we don't know how you got where to push her but you know she as you said kersplatted so yeah all the evidence points towards that right when 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 you've got so much other evidence yeah. also why do you reckon she went to the other side like what I don't know. I, that might be so, irrelevant. So, so there, 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 there was a little bit of, of subtlety in this. Uh, I, I think that, I think that part of it was just like thematically and for the story, Christopher Nolan didn't want her in a place where Dom could just grab her and, and stop her from, from jumping. Right. Uh, but, but, but it was interesting because the, like, Maul is clearly the crazy one there, right? Yes. Uh, like, like she, she is unhinged, but she is totally at peace. Uh, Dom is very rooted in reality, but because he's so rooted in reality, he realizes that his wife is about to jump to her death, and, and, and so he's, he's a wreck. And in the background of each of their shots, you see the destroyed hotel room on Dom's side, and then you see what looks like a mirror image of the hotel room but perfectly kept up mm. on mall side. So uh, I, I was while 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 smoking my pipe and uh, and and harumphing <laughs> at the movie. I, I was I was beginning to to surmise that perhaps perhaps the the physical state of each of these hotel rooms was what was meant to kind of contrast with one another and and say something about their mental states at the time. Yeah, well, I guess the question I need to ask is, uh, was Maul right or was Dom right? What do you think? I, okay, well, and, and then I, I think with this question, we, we can kind of jump right into the ending of the movie <laughs> as well, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, so when, when I told a few of my friends that, 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 we, were, that we were talking about the ending, they, they all asked, well, what, what do you think about, or, or excuse me, when, when we're doing the movie, they all asked, well, what, what do you think about the ending? And I, I personally believe that, uh, like, regard, it, it, it truly does not matter. Uh, r- regardless of whether Dom saved Saito Shursado and they, you know, they, they, they rode the, they, they rode the jumps all the way to the top and he gets to live his life with James and Philippa um, or, or, or whether he and he and Saito are old men waiting to die. They, you know, he passes from one side of, or, or, or one state within limbo to another. And, right. and, and that's just the delusion that he chooses to live in he's he's so between two worlds when 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 it comes to dreams that 
it, it, that, like that, that is his reality. He, he's chosen to embrace whatever comes next. Um, and to that end, I, I, I guess I would, uh, I would surmise that he was right and that Maul was wrong. Um, but I mean, it's, it's entirely possible that Maul was right and that he has been living this really, really, really uh, advanced version of limbo where, wherein he's dealing with the grief of, of Maul leaving him. Yeah. I tend to side with you um, on everything in my life. Amen. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I, in, in this regard, I, I agree. And, and I've, I think initially I wanted, I just wanted to believe that, you know, Dom had finally gotten to see, yeah. gotten home to see his kids. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like the, the optimist in me was really hoping for a happy ending. And so mm-hmm. initially that's what I thought. And, um, I, I don't remember exactly. This was must have been years ago. Um, after watching it, just dove into some, you know, fan theories about what they hmm. thought happened. And I'm pretty. I, I imagine everyone has with movies that have endings like this, where you just, you know, wanna wanna speculate about what what happened and right. what you know other people think, and so. Um, the one thing that I, I'm leaves me uncertain about my uh, that my idea for the ending is is whether or not the the totem matters to the person. Um, like, I guess does the fact that Dom's totem is actually Maul's totem mm-hmm. like does that have anything to do? Like, does that? Uh, does that does it matter to who is using it or right what's the significant of you having your own totem i guess is it might might play a factor in in interpretation of the ending yeah so my 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 wife and i talked about uh talked about this as well because she had kind of the same question and the way that i understand it is the totem is important that only you know like 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 only you know what it is only you know its weight etc because if if someone else were to take Dom's top and knew knew the weight, knew the knew the feel, knew its approximate uh, spin time, they would be able to replicate that in a dream. So, so so to to throw it back to the beginning of the movie, Sato is in a dream, and until he touches the carpet, he he totally believes in it. But once he touches the carpet, he realizes that what he's experiencing is a dream. Right. Uh, and, and, and so I, I think in like manner, the, the time heisters rely on these totems to, to keep them grounded. And, and, and there, there are certain intricacies to it that, that only they could know. Choosing to use Maul's totem is, is obviously a, um, <laughs> it, it's, it it's no doubt a, a manifestation of of Dom's guilt, but but I I think beyond that it also like there there there's no consequence I believe to him using 
the totem of someone right. who is dead because Maul can't infest his dreams and, and, and use that against him. Unless she can, because she's alive and, and huh? he's the one that's still in the dream. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I had seen, I remember seeing a video that talked about like how Dom's wedding ring could have been his totem or something like that. And mm. I, there are scenes uh, where he has it on and off and, and typically the ones where he has it off are the ones that uh, we take as being, you know, not in, not in a dream. Like, so when he's on the flight uh, right. where he, he's hooked up with uh, Fisher, um, he doesn't have a wedding ring on. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of, it, that's a fan theory thing, but um, that leads me to believe, and I believe Michael Caine has actually come out and talked about how he thinks uh, Dom got out of, uh, the dream, the dream world at the very end of the film too. But right, well, I, I, I think like we j- just as much as humans crave narrative, we 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 also crave like happy or complete endings, and 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 right. so the idea that that he may still be in this treadmill of limbo is is less appealing to our brains than uh, yeah th- than the idea that everything worked out. So yeah. Um, Dom, if you're out there, uh, we, we, we hope that you're with your family, the real one. If you're not, uh, we still hope you're happy, but you know, uh, put your head on the track, man. It's time to go home. <laughs> uh, Leo, come on the pod. Yeah. Leo, Chris, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page, Ken Dom. Watanabe. Michael Caine. Um, <laughs> at, at every time that Michael Caine gets brought up, I, much to my wife's chagrin, always launch into my impression of Michael Caine, which is simply, if you want to talk like Michael Caine, you must only use a British accent and talk slowly. And that's pretty it, good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it usually impresses, but that, that's all you got to do. You must only talk more slowly than you might otherwise. And then you've wow. got your Michael Caine. So, yeah. That's very easy and good tips. Holy cow. Free tip. Um, so, there you, you go. Start a YouTube channel. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Davis, and today... I'll be posting my only video in which we learn how to talk like Michael Caine. A one video channel. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> just just ma- making a different channel for each celebrity that I find I'm able to do an impression of. Um, all right. Well, that, that, that was Inception. So hope you guys enjoyed it. We obviously did. Major, major reviews. Definitely our highest reviewed movie of the pod so far. Woo! Um, with with inception thinking of like giant blockbusters things that demand to be seen in theaters we decided to do a top three movies that we wish could get a theatrical re-release uh as as movie theaters begin to hopefully take their cautious first steps towards reopening safely uh although that seems less and less likely each day uh, some some theaters have begun to do theatrical re-releases of 
major movies that, uh, that, that, that they, you know, have, have been very popular in, in summers past. So anyhow, Skylar, we're, we're going to do our top three, the metal stand. So what is your bronze medalist for top three movies that you wish could be re-released? Um, this is going to sound stupid, but my bronze is actually Inception. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and the only reason why I put it on the list, not because we just reviewed it, but um, I think it's the most I've enjoyed watching a movie in the theater. Like I've seen a lot of movies in, in, the, in the theater and there were, I, I don't think, possibly The Dark Knight, but um, I, I felt like The Dark Knight was going to be too predictable for me. And I don't think many people saw this coming. Uh, seeing as we just reviewed it, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I have ne- I, like that's the most memorable experience I have in a movie was seeing Inception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think that anyone would see this, so my silver medalist <laughs> is also Inception. Um, no, good good pick, and and I think one one of the things that you are hitting on is like. A, a whole movie that, that that can be enjoyed. There there are a lot of different ways to construct this list, but I, I think like some of my favorite movie moments have been like when I was at the midnight premiere of The Force Awakens, and and, and okay. the the Star Wars theme cuts up, and yes, the, the crowd just erupted, right? Um, and then like seeing um, seeing Avengers Endgame in the uh on on opening day and you know the whole big battle or whatever just your heart pumping out of your chest like you're 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 ready for it things like that those are movie moments that i wish i could go back to but i don't think that i i I don't think that a theatrical re-release would would do the same thing for me you know okay So, so so anyhow um with that in mind my bronze medalist is juno the 2005 rom-com uh, 2000, or I, I might've said 2005. I meant 2007. So 2007, I was in eighth grade and this was, th- th- this was the time when the cool kids started to separate themselves from the not as cool kids. Mm. Um, and, and as, as noted, 2007, I, I really wanted to see this movie with my friends, but because it dealt with teen pregnancy, my parents would not let me see it. Mm. I don't think they were afraid you were going to get pregnant. Yes. They, they thought that I like Ellen page would fall in love with the, with, with the dorky lanky uh, track runner and, <laughs> and, 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 and begin my sexual activity before I ought. Um, so I I have no idea if Juno is good. I, I, I know that it had like a small uh, cultural impact, but when, when I think of like FOMO, when it comes to movies, Juno is it. I still haven't okay. seen it. I, I, I've never seen oh, Juno. What? Because to me, it's just always felt like unallowed. I don't know. It, 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 wow. it, 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 it has always had that stamp like, no, you're not allowed. Um, I don't think you are. 
Now I definitely am. I, I am well oh. over 13. Thank you very much. Uh, oh. but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I guess I have permission, but I still have that guilt of, of wanting to see it. Um, has Taylor seen it? I'm, I'm sure she has. Oh, that's uh, great. But yeah, because she was cool, you know? I, so That's true. Taylor's I, pretty cool. I, I have no idea if seeing this movie will, uh, will, will perhaps add me a modicum of popularity among my middle and high school friends. Uh, <laughs> but when, once I see it, I'm, I'm just going to send a giant Facebook group message to everyone that I'm still connected with and say, hey... I saw Juno, so maybe I'm cooler than you thought I was. Maybe, maybe it wasn't worth all the times you gave me wedgies uh, <laughs> throughout our formative years. And, and, and then I'll, you know, call my mom and say, hey, mom, as opposed to having to buy me dozens of pairs of underwear just to have them ripped as they were pulled <laughs> over my head day after day, maybe you could have just let me see Juno with my friends. So anyway, the, oh the, my gosh, yeah, that's the, great. The, this is getting a little bit too close to the therapist couch, so we will move Ooh. right on and uh, and and go to your silver medalist. All right, silver medalist. I picked the movie that I, growing up, thought was. I mean, I didn't I didn't see it till a little bit later. This was this was like my Juno. It was not permitted. Got it. Um, by my parents, I ended up seeing it probably when I was in middle school. Uh, as opposed to elementary school. Um, but the matrix, um, is my, mm. is, is, is my silver medal, but, um, that's a movie that I think demands to be seen on the big screen. Um, especially when it came out, it, there were a lot of things in it that were just visually, uh, like revolutionary maybe for its time. That might be too far to say it's, it's nothing like, you know, E.T. Was E.T. Was it was E.T. a big thing? I don't know how how revolutionary or visionary uh, E.T. was, but maybe I'm thinking Avatar or something like that. I don't know. In any in any movie that popularizes the insult penis breath is hugely influential to a certain demographic. Is that E.T.? Yeah. I do not even. Who says penis breath? Elliot. He can't wait. wait. He, he doesn't call E.T. a penis breath. He calls his brother a penis breath. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought he was I I I I thought he was saying like E.T. you have penis breath. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> E.T. your breath stank. <laughs> your breath stank. Got that intergalactic um, stank. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, The Matrix, I, I love that movie. The original is by yeah. far the best. Um, I think it demands to be seen on the big screen. Yes. Uh, good, good pick. And, and, and again, another one of those like summer blockbustery types that definitely won't get any consideration from, uh, from movie theaters, but a, a, a cinematic experience to say the least. Right. Very cool. Um, Thank you. All right. So my silver medalist is a movie that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, mm. Just a, a really fun movie to watch. Frankly, I don't know if like we've 
we've come so far cinematically uh, since since the release of this movie that I wonder if if seeing it on the big screen would would add all that much to uh, to, to my experience. But that being said, it's it's one that I have loved for a long time, probably I'll love forever. Uh, and and it's it's just a fun. I, I was going to say swashbuckling adventure, but I feel like that's only for nautical themed uh, movies. So it's a, uh, it, we'll, we'll say it's a rootin' tootin' adventure uh, that, that is well worth a watch. So Butch casting the Sundance Kid for me. That's, no, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. Um, all right. Oh, my yes, gold... you're, you're, you're gold medalist. It, for, for, forgive my... Uh, my, my, my flippancy and turning it over to you. Skyler, please, <laughs> you're a gold medalist. <laughs> okay, my gold medalist is none other than 1988's Mac and Me. Oh, my no, gosh. I, I just, I'm just joking. Uh, wait, was... Oh, sorry. Um... Okay, Mac and Me. It's, uh, it's not uh, Mac wait. and Me. <laughs> wait, it, it, it actually was Mac and Me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I guess I better find something else. <laughs> um, no, not Mac and Me. Um, by the way, it, I think it was... So if, if you ever listen to... Um, we're going to plug another... I'm going to plug another podcast on here, but Conan O'Brien's podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. There's an episode where he interviews Paul Rudd. Um, Paul Rudd, I guess, was in Mac. Was I think he was he? I think he was in Mac and Me. Um, I may be be mistaken, but um, at least whenever whenever he comes on Conan's show, they play a clip from Mac and Me of some kid in a wheelchair flying off a cliff. Yeah, and and, and they leave no explanation to it, um, and, and then they just go on, and no one ever asks them why the clip is played, but it's just kind of silly. Anyway, I, he says in the episode where they, he interviews him, uh, that that was made by McDonald's. Yes. So it, it, it was like the, the McDonald's version of ET. Yes. At, at, at the end of the movie, there, there's like an extended scene where Mac, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Mac's parents who basically look like Mac, but one's wearing a dress and one is wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> have a party at McDonald's and like Ronald McDonald shows up and it, it, the, the, the last bit of the movie McDonald's is basically just getting all the, all the advertisement money that they wanted out of, out of this whole thing. Oh my gosh. Not, not for nothing. Mac and me is on prime video. So we might, might, (laughs) might review that in the future. Okay. I, I think I'd be on board with that. Um, anyway, my, my gold medal was Return of the King. Um, it's, Ooh, nice. It, it, it's, I mean, I don't think you can argue with, what is it, 18, 18 Oscars um, or something like that. I, I, love, uh, I love Lord of the Rings and um, yeah, I, that, that's another movie, especially towards the end. Uh, you know, some of the, the, the war scenes, I think, are very, very worthy of a theatrical re-release where I would, I would, I would see it a few times probably in theaters. Yeah, that, that, that's a really good pick. 
hang on, I'm, I'm doing some mental math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, whew, 11. Okay, so like it, it, this is including Oscars, but obviously isn't all Oscars. Return of the King won 44 different movie awards. Uh, oh my gosh. All, all, all in total. Yeah, Ma- major, major awards for Return of the King. So r- really good pick there. Thank you. Um, not, not for nothing. I was completely shocked, like beyond my, my, my wildest imagination. Okay. I, I, I saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy when I was a kid, as they were coming out, saw them a few times afterwards, hadn't given them a ton of thought and did not know until well after I had seen Green Book that Aragon was Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> and so as opposed to thinking of Aragon as the driver for a very talented uh, black classical pianist in the, in, in the Civil War era South, I was thinking of Gino Bambino, what, what, whatever his name was, uh, fighting orcs and, and bringing bringing justice to to the realms oh oh my gosh (laughs) it was it it was quite the trip oh that is too good yeah those i've had a few of those too where you just make the connection and it just it's mind mind blowing right right um yeah all right well yeah great pick so you 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 took what what could be criticized as a a somewhat predictable or, or, or rather cliche pick uh, for the bronze medalist, given that we had just reviewed it. I'm not going to pick it for my gold medalist, but I am going to pick something that is very obvious to anyone who knows me. And that is star Wars, a new hope. Um, mm, okay. It, it each, each of the movies in the original trilogy have their charm. Uh, Empire strikes back is objectively the best movie, but there, there's something about a new hope that will forever and ever make it just one of my favorites, a perfect movie. Uh, like that, that would ring up as a hundred out of a hundred for me. Wow. Uh, Even more so than empire. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, it, it's, it's hard. I, I, I don't say this flippantly, but like, uh, r- ranking my favorite Star Wars movies feels like no, I, I'm I'm not even going to say that. I, I was going to say it feels like ranking kids be- because I I was just trying to say like you love them all <laughs> equally, but right. but I'm I, I'm not even going to go there. What what I will say, however, is there there there's so much of like my personal emotions and myself wrapped up in each of those movies. That, that, that it's hard to judge them uh, very objectively. Uh, I agree. Like, I, I know in my head that Empire is better, but I just have so much love and nostalgia wrapped up in uh, A New Hope that, that that is the movie that I prefer. So, okay. yeah, take, take that for, Great choice, uh, for what it Great is. Great choice, Thank you. I, we're, we're, I, I tried really hard 
to leave a Star Wars movie out because I felt like that was going to be, oh yeah, Skylar always talks about Star Wars, so he's going to pick one. Right. Well, off uh, off pod, I I mentioned to you like I could just make my top three the original trilogy. Yeah. And and, and I'd be perfectly happy. Yeah, uh, I could too. It, very quickly, just a, a couple um, a, a couple like honorable mentions uh i really really wanted to put jurassic park on here um i i i I thought about a few others like jaws would be fun to see even though i don't like jaws or the idea of jaws or sharks in the water uh but (laughs) you know there, there there are some movies that i guess you just wish that you could be like yeah on the hype train for all right Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, good. Good lists. I. I, I think we're. Uh, I. I think we're about done here. Let's. Uh, let. 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 us do Batman Begins. So that. That is obviously widely available uh, in like the special edition format at your local Walmart, but it is also streaming on Hulu. Uh, yeah. Batman Begins. Let's do that for next Bam. week. Um. Other than that, I think I think we're good. So, thank you for listening. for uh, For Skylar and Davis, we're signing off on episode eight. And stay zippy. See ya.